um, since I'm at home, I don't go anywhere. So this time is perfect. Maybe um, you'll never go to the office again. Uh, we just announced June 30 is actually happening, but oh, we'll wow. see about that. I find it very hard to believe. <laughs> I was like, mm, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like maybe next year. <laughs> so I would be optimistic that 8 a.m. would work long term. I feel like everyone's being really short-sighted when they're talking about like the future of work. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a combination of like three days in the office and two days at right. home. And it's like, no, it's there's an office and you can work remote and each person does what's best for them because <laughs> exactly. everyone keeps talking about the like oh well the company will say like three days in the office two days at home mm. you're doing the same thing that offices do it you're just uh, making yeah. it so like a disabled person couldn't you know like necessarily work at that company still yeah exactly yeah anyway yeah, i find right. i find right. this the same no, I'm 100% in the same boat. And also just like nobody knows what the future is like. Like, honestly, I, will, I think I'm going to be so thirsty to be in an office by then. <laughs> so, I, I kind of liked what uh, Jack Dorsey said about this, actually. That, that's hmm. a rare thing to say for well, me. I, I never thought I'd hear but, uh, words come out of your mouth. Um, well, no, I think, uh, I mean, I haven't really seen him on Twitter that much. Because <laughs> uh, I don't follow him or anything. But what I've gotten from his like Twitter sphere is that he apparently donated like one third of all his money mm-hmm. which to start small foundation too yeah and that he said hey everyone that works at twitter you can work from home forever if you want and if right, you don't want right. we'll have an office but like you don't have to and i think <laughs> that's great i think that's great i think it's good for people to be like hey actually this kind of works so let's just make this like the default when I worked for Jack three years ago, it was very much a conversation of the future of work. Like, I think he's had the desire to do some more flexibility with work situations for a long time. Yeah. And I think that coronavirus was one of those things to get more sta- like stakeholders on board, you know, like HR manager, mm-hmm. team leads, engineer leads, like as soon as they all got a taste of distributed management, I think it, it made it easier to, to follow through with what he wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, exactly. um, so square cash, for example, like the whole, or cash app as it is now, the whole thing was, it was like, okay, let's take this and sort of treat it like its own startup inside square and let them run like a little 18 person company and, grow that way and mm-hmm. so they got to do a lot of things from the get-go that a lot of other teams in the company couldn't just because legacy they've been in the company for so long and so one of the things they did was like do a, like completely distributed team and they were the first team mm-hmm. that had like tons of remote employees and five office locations and and so i think like that was the direction that he wanted to go into for a long time and so i'm not surprised that once he had like some internal buy in at twitter of the idea of hey we can work remotely as a company and as a social platform like mm. that's totally doable yeah. i think it makes sense for him to just be like all right i convinced enough people enough people are convinced that they can work <laughs> this way that like let's fuck it and just like hire people wherever we can that are yeah. the right people and just move forward into the I, future of companies and i think like it's cool to see i 100 percent agree with that i have a one thing i want i have i have one like working theory that's counter to that that maybe it's not twitter that does this but um 
I've been thinking a lot about companies that say they're going fully remote, blah, blah, blah. I think that a lot of companies see that this is going to go on long enough that like they can hire somebody remote for a year and then a year from now demand that they remo- like move somewhere. Like I can see companies using this to get talent while they can and then doing a very quick about face when it's all like, like it's it's very easy to do a marketing line about like whatever um but i worry about like the companies that like slack as a great as a good example right. of very anti-remote companies who have very suddenly turned around and said oh we, we always was it we always about remote what do you mean and uh, <laughs> i think uh what you might see is in uh, I don't know, early next year, that company, those companies turn around and say, like, you have to move to San Francisco or New York, like, if you want to keep your job. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. It's a huge concern. Weird, huge concern. Yeah. I don't think Twitter's one of those companies. No, exactly. Like you said, like, Slack is, like, definitely one of those companies. I still find it so weird that, like, a company that makes software for people to work remote doesn't want people to work remote. <laughs> It turns out making software remote is kind of hard and like maybe they should, if they, if that's their thing, they should have leaned, leaned into it the whole time. Like they never, it seemed like they just didn't, like the marketing didn't match the truth. Yeah. And to yeah. Frey's point, like it's also surprising because it seems that Stuart Butterfield, the CEO of Slack is one of the more progressive Silicon Valley CEOs. Oh, sure. So it's also surprising to see such a traditional stance from him. I will say I'm that I'm it's from him. Like, I will say that I have like landed in the weirdest place on this that I just <laughs> kind of like offices a lot, and I, I think it really depends on the company. Um, you know, this is something I've been asking since joining Shopify because our policy is very much like teams that are remote can be remote. Like if it's set up to be re- fully remote, that's totally allowed. Um, if it isn't then like you need to be in one of the offices that's associated with that team. And that's just like right. how it is. And you, like we have the flexibility to work from home when you want. That's a different thing. Um, but for some reason I've come down on the side of like, I don't, I actually can understand why I want my people in the office. <laughs> yes. But also, Go ahead, Freddie. I just want people to be able to make their own decision mm-hmm. because like, especially in a lot of companies, and also here in the Netherlands, it's always been no. You have to be in the office because I right. need to see your face in here. And I <laughs> think I just think seats. that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's um, that's where we're different. Is like you can choose to be remote when you want. Yeah, I think that I would maybe challenge you, Owen, and and maybe this is me projecting, but mm-hmm. if you were working remotely right now, but it wasn't a pandemic, mm-hmm. I don't. You might. Again, this is maybe me projecting, so I shouldn't yeah. just say you. Like, there's an element of wanting to be in the office mm-hmm. that is because of social interaction, because 100%. of seeing people face to face, and those like human needs that we have to be social mm-hmm. that you might get in your life normally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If it weren't a pandemic, that's one hundred percent it. There's that tweet going around that was like, "Remote work during a pandemic is not remote work." And I totally agree with that, to be honest. Like, my stance on it is largely because I moved to Toronto to not work remote. Like, it was very specific to work at a company. I I mean, I don't mind doing it. It's just that if I would do it, I would do it more intentionally, right? Like, I would join a company, that, whatever. Anyway, I don't set the rules on this, so <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but yeah, the, the thing that's also very real that, like, you miss 
going to the office not because you miss the office but because you miss human contact 100%. Even and not for say, right. even, yeah, like not even your colleagues. It's not about them. It's about anyone. I haven't, yeah. seen, I haven't seen any humans. A change of scenery. Like yeah. I used to be able to go work in a cafe three days a week. Whenever I felt like it, I would go to a cafe and do the same shit I was doing sitting at home. Mm-hmm. But it was a change of scenery and it felt nice. And mm-hmm. there was like, oh, someone could bring me lunch instead of me having oh to break, take a break and make my lunch. Lunch and is the worst. Like and... Uh, yeah, I miss those things and I don't desire to go back to an office because like those are the things I miss. And I know that, yes, an office has those things, but so does not having an office. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is very strange. Uh, I mean, lots of companies are finding out they can be remote. Anyway, we should talk about other things. Speaking of things that you can take and work in a cafe, <laughs> I want to hear about the Surface Book Go. The Surface <laughs> Go to surface book three uh, oh my god surface, 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 surface. new surface devices um, there is wait correct me if i'm wrong the surface go to the uh-huh. surface book three not to be confused with the surface laptop three that <laughs> came out last year that freddie bought and the surface headphones um that is correct uh, yes. <laughs> and the yeah. surface buds all oh, the things the surface buds came out yeah. or were they out in europe only what? in Europe. I don't understand what? why. Oh, I was. So I watch a lot of like tech YouTubers these days, <laughs> and none of them have reviewed the Surface Buds, but that makes oh. sense because they're all US they, based. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, they look interesting, but I would never wear them because they would look like dinner plates. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just look like they look like I think we talked about this before, but they look like the emo uh, stretched earlobe things. That, oh, that yeah, is a... you're right. That's really the thing that I actually them. already have. So, like, it would be double. Of that. They um, really do. Okay. No, yeah, you're right. You didn't think of that. Neither did anyone that works in the fucking hardware team at Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they did. Maybe they were like, we want those exact things. But yeah. It's funny, though, because, like, I, I quite like those personally still. I know. Um, so, when I saw those ads, I was like, oh my God, they, they got a model with, like, huge stretch earlobes. That's so cute. <laughs> Wait, nope. The Apple ear pods, the like corded ones that yeah. I'm wearing now, the like yeah, yeah. when they first OG. made a commercial for it, it was this commercial where it was like a shot from the side of someone's head and it was just their ear mm. with with these headphones in and then they just flipped through all these like different people I'll, I'll link the commercial in the show notes. My friend Derek was working at Apple at the time on the creative team huh. and he's in the commercial. And he's got oh, the really? stretched uh, earrings. I yeah. think I think I actually exactly know who your friend is then. Well, when I <laughs> first met him, so Derek's a ginger. And when I first met him and he told me about working at Apple, I was like, you were in that commercial, weren't you? Like, yeah. I he just stands oh. out. And like, he's got one of those faces. Anyway. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, okay. I'll try and... So, well, this is easy because... Um, the Surface Book 2, 3, oh my god, Surface Book 3 got stuck in customs for like 8,000 years and it only oh arrives today. Oh, you just um, got it. It's coming today. I haven't even got it yet, but I've got the Surface Go 2. Um, and for myself and people listening, when they want to read what you think about the Surface Book 3, is it your Twitter or are you going to write an article about Twitter, it? Twitter, but it'll probably be on um, Medium. One, okay. One, one zero. Um, I mean, like Hot Take, they've should have just released this surface go 
<laughs> uh, it's funny. Like the first one was really like I really liked it. It was ambitious. It was like weird. It was a small iPad, but not an iPad, and you could do things on it. <laughs> um, but like the bezels were always like I don't know, man. I I know it was like super lame and superficial, but releasing something with such chunky screen bezels in 2019 was just weird. Hold on. The normal iPad that Apple still sells, the 10 point whatever inch, mm-hmm. the $329 iPad, has okay. the same size bezel. Oh, does like it? Two oh, sides oh, right. What about these? Original. Yeah. Interesting. Freddy, what year iPad Pro is that? Yeah, uh, this is the iPad Pro biggest Isn't size from uh, second gen. Okay. Yeah. Before um, they rounded the corners. Those are the same width bezels as the Surface Go. crazy. Maybe it's it just. The Surface Go has a bad screen. Well, yes, the first that one was... had a bad screen, and yeah, and sorry, I would say the bezels, um, and the first one because it was smaller, like I mean, it felt even bigger, like it was annoying. But the the biggest problem with the original one was obviously performance. Like it was just it was fine, but it was super easy to like max it out if you did Wait. like anything. Oh, and I have a question. Yes, last week you showed some. Surface products on your Instagram. Did I? Oh yeah, yeah. I reacted to it. I was <laughs> like, pile. they look, they look the same. What's yeah, the deal? They do. I thought that one was the new one that you got, but that's not the new one then. The Surface Book that was in that was the one I already have. My my personal one from the years gone by. I'm waiting for the <laughs> new one. Wait, but I'm so confused. I, you took a photo of multiple devices, like yeah. two or three. Oh yeah. And then you commented something on it. And I was like, wait, oh, and these look the same. Yeah. No, so there's uh, that was the Surface Go I'm talking about. I have two Surface Goes. I have the previous gen and the first, uh, the new one. Those are the uh, two Surface Goes. I'm not even like able to. The naming of the Surface yeah. products is so bad. They've got too many now. Like It's like the MacBook. To, remember when Apple released the MacBook? And everyone was like, what? And it was like, it was yeah. the worst. I. It's really, really easy to complain about the Surface branding, but I have to insist that Apple is just as bad. Yeah, yeah like, maybe even worse. Can do branding right now, and yeah. it's bizarre because they have unlimited budgets for branding agencies. Yeah, yeah and also d- just don't understand why people can't just hold on to the one, two, three, four. Yeah. Why yeah, does yeah. it have to be like four GS? Thankfully, Microsoft three. so far has resisted. Like all of them have just incremented numbers, but it just got confusing because the first ones had no number as well. Like it was Surface Go and Surface Go Two. Like it, I, I, my brain melts. Anyway, TLDR of this, it's better um, in terms of like the screen is not butt this time, and <laughs> I mean that's a high bar. But also, just the performance doesn't completely ruin the experience. Um, the first gen one had this like Pentium Gold whatever thing. And it, which was it just was so easy to hit the roof of it like it worked if you did something light like if you wanted to look at a recipe on it it was honestly really good anything else and it would just like you know like really slow down so they fixed that like it's really really snappy now because uh, it's using an m3 processor which is more of a real actual processor um they kept the lte in it it's really nice like i, I there's actually not a lot to say because it is really similar they just fixed all the annoying things about it um I'm more excited about Surface Book 3. All of these are incremental, just to be clear. Uh, like, it is a year of just, like, fix the things that were obviously broken. But, like, props to Microsoft. They actually are doing that. Like, I, I had a call with the Surface devices person, which is usually what happens when they're, like, going to loan them out and stuff, uh, like like I have. Um, 
and the I was I said to them like wow it's actually I honestly had expected you to kill the Surface Book or like kill the Surface Go or something because like I'm so used to years of Apple like releasing products never updating them and then eventually deleting them that when you didn't do something with it for two years I just thought it was dead <laughs> and they were like yeah, yeah well that's kind of the point but um that's what they've done this year so like Surface Book three it looks like they've fixed all the niggles like I haven't it all arrived today. Um, but when I spoke to them, the big focus has been on fixing the um, the previous Gen 1 like got hot really easily, um, has better performance. And the other thing is the eject thing was like really nice on it, but it always had these problems where like some apps could block it or like it would be mm. slow sometimes. Like you'd be like, I want to go and use the tablet and you'd push eject and then it would just like think about it. And you're like, the magic is gone. If it's like, it should just do it as fast as possible. I have to um, ask. Yes. So... How long did you use your Surface Book to? Um, this entire time. So almost okay. two and a half years. And how frequently would you actually detach the display? <laughs> because for me, it seems like a little much a gimmicky. Like, yeah, why, I think why would I do that that often? OK, so this will maybe be surprising. I eject it every day, but not for the reason you think. So when I was using it in an office, particularly uh, when I was freelancing, um, I would use it as a laptop, like in a cafe or something, <laughs> when those existed. Um, and then I would go to the office, eject it, flip the screen around and put it back in and use it. And I think they call it like studio mode. I just call it backwards um, where the keyboard is facing away and the screen is facing me so that like I don't have to like I'm using it docked. I hate that like the keyboard is there. So I d- used to do that. As a tablet, not often. It was cool sometimes, but like, I, you know, like, it's cool. <laughs> Honestly, the, the reason I would use it now is like, so I'm trying to learn like piano. And that is a use case that's really nice is like, I can eject it and just use the tablet thing in the stand. Um, I use an app already. And like using a normal device means I have to like figure out how the keyboard goes. <laughs> I just feel like for their most pro device Mm -hmm. with all of that needing extra hardware for it Mm -hmm. it's not the device to make a convertible yeah if someone's like i want sometimes a keyboard sometimes not get the surface pro x or get the surface pro 7 Mm -hmm. soon to be 8 or whatever and then just or get the surface yeah it just seems weird to take your premium device your highest end laptop think the 16 inch macbook pro mm-hmm. and make that the one that has like extra weight and extra mm-hmm. affordances to Without make it so, yeah, yeah because like as soon as you detach it it's got to have some discrete graphics some yep. it's got to have all the shit in the display so that you can still do stuff with it yeah yeah exactly so i think you have all the heat constraint of putting a processor behind a monitor <laughs> yeah with I mean, for your pro device. Yeah, exactly. I think the analogy I have been thinking of without having tried it is it reminds me of the Mac Pro, the the, the tin can one. Like, it, very cool. Very, very cool. Very heat constrained. <laughs> Good. Uh, they did nothing for seven years for a reason. <laughs> um and like i think i think that's a good take on it like i genuinely like the form factor a lot and it's a weird fun thing um but you're right that like for the extra thickness it adds they might as well make the chonkiest most powerful like boy of all time um, right, exactly <laughs> so i don't know so i have anecdotal evidence i'd like to ask freddie 
does it seem to you like every creative you know is eyeballing switching the Mac or switching from Mac to Windows? Because um, I don't know if that's true. Actually, there's a lot of people that are just so tied to Apple still. Yeah, but like everybody's moved off of Sketch that I know, so it's yeah. like they no longer have that Mac only app that they use, with the exception of what iMessage. Is yeah, iMessage they're staying on a platform that keeps getting worse? I miss iMessage a lot, to be honest, but not that much. <laughs> um, there, I still have some friends that I have to bring up to that we should actually switch to something else, but I find that <laughs> annoying. But then I yeah. also forget to text them all the time because I can't <laughs> type to them anymore. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, the funny thing is I had a conversation about this not too long huh. ago with, with a group of designers. And so people are always like, so Freddie, how is... How is Windows, you know? How, yeah. how is it? And and I, I've almost forgotten about the fact that I switched. It's just not that different. And especially as someone who used to be on Windows anyway as a kid, you know, like I just know it, I just mm-hmm. know the conventions of Windows too. So Yeah, exactly. For me that clicked right back in. But I can't imagine if you've always been like an Apple boy. Mm. then suddenly, like, this will be weird. Yeah, and I think, like, to build on Zach's take, like, I, m- my people I know here are, like, probably in the camp where they're willing to explore it now. Like, I think I've talked with a lot of designers, at least at work, and, like, the one or two people I know here, and they've said, like, they would definitely, cons- they would, like, look at other computers if they had to spend their own money on it. Like, yeah, right? Like, they're like, I don't think there's a MacBook that makes sense for me anymore, and I wouldn't be willing to spend my own money on it if I had to. And but I, I can't lie, I still kind of miss the design of the fucking clamshell. I think it looks oh, yeah. great, you know. I have a so, great... I, I feel the same way. I had the Pixelbook. Mm-hmm. It's my primary computer, which is like a... a what, what do they call that? Clamshell thing? Like, no, where they flip 360. Oh. The two-in-one? Call it two in one. Uh, yoga bendy boy. Yeah, it flipped all the way around. <laughs> yoga bendy boy. And now I have the my primary computer is the Pixelbook Go, which is just yep. a clamshell. Even yeah. some of the reviews talk about how it kind of stops before it like it like doesn't open up as much as maybe right. some people want five more degrees of rotation on the hinge. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. just a clamshell. It's all I need. Yeah. The amount of times I needed to flip over a thing, it not you know. <laughs> It's nice if, to have if it's there, but other than that... If you're a creative that wants to draw on a screen, yeah. you usually get a device that doesn't have a keyboard. You yeah. get the Surface Pro X, you get the Surface Pro 7, you get the mm. iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's also a big thing for um, people that have the si- similar job as me, like saying they draw. Um, it makes sense to keep like in the Apple atmosphere because we all use iPads, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to be honest, yeah, I mean, I have to say, I do really miss AirDrop. <laughs> and when I know it worked, how it was good. I know, you know, like people always make jokes about AirDrop, but actually mm-hmm. it is a pretty good way to reliably send really large files to your computer. Telegram saved messages, do the same thing. No, it doesn't, Owen. <laughs> Listen it to me. It does, <laughs> what it does, does it do? No, Tell me. it does Tell not. Me. It doesn't work. So, um, <laughs> when I send 
large P when I want to send a large PNG, for instance, mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. a PNG is enough as an export yeah, to yeah. my Telegram. I can't send it as a file from Procreate. Oh, I see what you're so saying. So I send yeah, it as it. an image, and when yeah. you send it as an image, it's crap. But this is funny that you say this because this is a very Apple way to implement. Like they don't want you to get the files off an iPad unless you're using their exact shit. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is. That's this so might annoying. this might very well be a Procreate problem. Yeah, right. Because their export feature is fucked. Right, right. But what I do know is, and I don't know how much Apple this is, because mm. like Apple is makes those sharing things, whatever. Right, right. So I just don't know where the issue is. I just know yeah. that it's happened that I have been in, you know, a pickle, and that <laughs> I have like got my old MacBook from underneath my couch started yeah. that up to just send a file <laughs> that way yeah. because sometimes these files can get really really big if you use a lot of layers and, the and stuff files app doesn't fix this so i've been using the files app now right, right. and then i just go to icloud.com and uh, that works fine yeah, yeah but it's not that instant magic thing that yeah we yeah of course the, you know right. of course that's interesting you that you say that because i also sometimes i'm like how to put files um telegram works for like basic stuff but then like did you know that my when windows has its own fake airdrop <laughs> like it's their own version of airdrop probably um and it works really good between computers <laughs> but um obviously it doesn't work for like the ipad um which is interesting yeah i, I don't want to admit that i miss airdrop but i i, I, really I, do I, miss I, it. I did you try the creative cloud sync uh, not yet. I I've been uh, I've been I love using. <laughs> I know. I, no, I know. Listen, I know. I know. I should, but like I've now done the whole route with files, and that works mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fine. So, the but like for instance, I wanted to use Dropbox for this because that makes a lot of sense because I work from Dropbox, right? Mm -hmm. But the file, the the sharing sheet for to Dropbox just is broken as hell. So, so I, I'm just right. not. It, it doesn't work. It's fucked. The Files app on iPadOS is weird because some syncing services like Dropbox and Adobe Creative Cloud with their folder in the Files app mm -hmm. is okay. But Google Drive, I mean, surprise, like Apple and Google always like do whatever they can to fuck each other over. Yeah. If, if you don't open the Google Drive app on the iPad periodically, it, stop, it just stops syncing. Mm -hmm. it just stops syncing after a while and so oh, like yeah, you're right i'll be in uh like ferrite or something and try and open a file that i know is in my google drive and you you do it through the file it like pulls the files app and then you navigate through google drive in the files app and it the files aren't there until i i fucking have to quit ferrite i have to open Yuck. the drive app yeah, let it sync and then open files app and then go back to ferrite and it's there and it's like yeah it's thanks jank. i hate it thanks i hate it well i i mean Old like we, we know why this happens though right is like the whole point of ios was to have no background activities going yeah, on yeah, and no files just well yeah we're getting to files with ipad os but just like the whole point was battery life like save yeah, battery yeah. life so, of course, shit's not going to sink in the background. I get it. But, like, why does it work with some services and not others? I'll never understand. Yeah. So, I have a I have an interesting take on this really quickly. Just that I want to bring up is Microsoft Builders next week. 
and uh, it'll be like they're fully re- they're going fully remote for their conference and i think it'll be really interesting to see what happens there because they are saying they're going to unveil their like windows 10x thing which is basically windows for ipad like it's the ipad version of windows and like not bullshit this time from what we can tell like previously they've done this thing where they're like windows 10s and it's just like windows but with the rules <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but this is like a total redesign so. is it is built like like wwdc yeah. or google it's, io yeah yeah it's like it even had the terrible cheering and everything um no builders actually for the last few years been really eventful like they've announced really weird stuff like the first thing i remember i watched it for years and it used to be the worst <laughs> uh, but the one i remember is two years ago when they were like oh and now linux is in windows and everyone just like lost their minds um and then last year i don't remember what it was specifically but there was something big maybe it was the github acquisition well, was last year let's talk about that yeah github just released something that you went crazy on twitter about oh man i'm here for it and I don't, I mean, like you explained it to me on Twitter, but like, I think a lot yeah. of people are like, what? Yeah. If they're not like already a developer or using GitHub. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you think you could talk about like what they launched and why that's good? It's glitch, but for actual code. That makes sense. I know that's what glitch my is. actual take. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, if you don't know. Wait, what... wait, wait. Glitch is the thing with the little fishies, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the fun coding community by Anil Dash. Um, and Okay, so that's an overly simplistic take, but my take on it is very much this. Wait, Get, what, what is it called? What? The GitHub thing. What is it called? Oh, GitHub Code Spaces. Okay. I think it's like genuinely huge, but nobody's really thinking about it this way yet. Um, I think this is part of their strategy, like with the Windows 10X stuff, to make the OS not matter as much anymore. Like, So it moves your code environment to the cloud. So this is an app called VS Code, right? Um, which is their code editor, most popular code editor on the planet, which is just bizarre to me that they managed to pull that off. <laughs> uh, more than 50% of developers use it. Um, it's very popular just because it just works and it like does a lot of things. They basically announced that like now you can use that in the browser without installing anything. Um, and that part on its own is interesting, but like it would be kind of useless to have a browser code editor on its own. And so the actual thing that matters with it is like, so say, as an example, I want to like work on the charge website. Every time I work on it, I clone it from GitHub onto my computer. I go into the directory. I install all of the random shit that is required to do it. So I have to turn on PHP. I have to like make sure the database is ready. I like install the PHP shit that it depends on and all of that. So it usually like on every new machine, it might take me like half an hour, an hour to get it running, especially because like. I said I just never made it in a, a really well repeatable way. Like it was just like, oh, I just do it whenever I'm in the machine. Um, with this, if you set it up right, every time you click the code button on GitHub, it does all of that shit, then puts you in the code environment and it's done and it takes less than a minute. So the reason it's big is because you can be coding and if i'm sharing code with you you can click that code button and you'll set up in a minute like there's no more of this like dick around and make sure your machine has all the bits you need to do it um so that's really big but then it's the actual big thing is that combined with the fact that it works in any browser like the fact that i could on the surface go which is pretty good at running browsers like it's a really good device for just surfing the internet uh, which i have not said in a long time surfing the web uh, yeah uh that that is exactly the kind of thing on the ipad it works like on the ipad you'll never be able to run a server so it's perfect so it's stadia for coding 
Yes, basically, except like it's in the weird middle ground where like it also um, the crazy thing with it is. So I think this is what makes it really compelling is that it's built into GitHub, first of all, which is huge. Like only Microsoft could do that. But because they own the code editor as well, if you want to use the desktop one, you can just click a button and it like plugs into it as if you were like sitting in front of it um, and you can keep using the desktop environment instead. And um, it comes with all your extensions and like all your themes. And it's just kind of like it should have just been this way. Actually, honestly, it's Figma for coders. Oh, now we're talking. I yeah, have to it speak is. this language. You can even share your coding environment. Like I could send you a link right now and we can like do a Google Doc style like code review together, um, which is crazy. Analogy of Figma actually makes a lot of sense because I think the evolution of this like next year or even maybe later this year Mm -hmm. is that step of a coding environment that's locked into your like employer's enterprise plan Mm -hmm. and then your personal coding environment and then they can be siloed and separate and... And that's the thing. So here's here's the reality in big companies is like all of these companies have all this crazy setup you have to do to get their shit working on your machine. Every engineer who joins does it like and actually Shopify is one of the few. We have like crazy custom tooling for this shit, like custom commands that do all that banal shit. So it wouldn't actually be that hard for people who work at Shopify to use something like this because a lot of it is automated already. Um and I just think, like, honestly, I was like, why can designers use the browser and not develop? Like, it's just weird that it's not happened already. Um, and it really, really makes me think that the computer you use is going to increasingly matter less. Like, the core apps is, like, a really nice email app, a browser, and a calendar. Like, I just don't think you need much more at this point. I'm so for this because, like, you know me. I'm all, like, Chromebook. Yeah. Like, everyone... Chromebook. I just feel like so many people <laughs> could do everything they do on a Chromebook. Yeah. Yes. And it's like the fact that we're dropping thousands of dollars on Apple computers for it is. people that don't necessarily need them. It's it's going to be great to just save money on tech. It really bothered me when I like joined Shopify because I was like, guys, I don't need, don't give me this like middle thing. Like give me the Pixelbook. And because they were doing a, a thing with them. I was like, I just give it to somebody who needs it, but they just couldn't comprehend it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, speaking of development stuff, like, so over the past couple of years, I've done like a bunch of super high courses to learn right. code. And I like built some websites myself and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I think last year I started getting interested in Webflow, mm-hmm. but I really just didn't have the time or patience or who knows what motivation to sort of dive into it. And right. in the past month, I've launched two websites with Webflow, and I've got a third that I'm almost done with. Damn. And Whoa. I fucking, it, the learning curve is not what I expected. It is harder to learn than I thought it would be because it looks pretty simple when you, like, just get into the designer, as they call it, the, like, editor. Yeah. It looks pretty straightforward, but there is, like, a kind of a learning curve and just finding buttons. And they have the best learning site of any product I've ever seen. They mm-hmm. call it Webflow University. They, I mean, just the amount, the sheer quantity yeah. of helpful content that they have and videos they've made that like are made with humor involved to just teach you like a basic, like here's how to set up a landing page or whatever. Or like I was trying to hook up like um, the custom domain to 
a page and there's like a whole video tutorial on how to do it, like the DNS settings and there's jokes mm-hmm. written into it. And yeah. it's like, nobody cares that much. It's amazing how much they care. Yeah. Um, it's really funny to hear this because years ago when I started my business, I looked into different platforms to make my website on and Webflow was one of the ones that I considered. And I remember playing with the designer and it was so complicated. Yeah. I was like, it, like you can do some really cool stuff that you really cannot do with any like cargo or whatever fuck. Um, but it, it doesn't really feel like um, simple stuff. You know, it feels like um, learning something new. Um, yeah. That's like a, an actual skill maybe, but then it's for my own website. Like maybe yeah. cause it's too much. So I decided to go with cargo then because like, I mean, a portfolio website is basically just a bunch of images, especially if you're an illustrator. Um, but I was blown away by how much you could do with it. But I think back then maybe there wasn't, Webflow University yet, so I also felt like felt a little bit. Um, yeah, I think like I didn't know early. what to do. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Honestly, like Webflow is the best analog to why I think Code Spaces matters. Is like the fact yeah. that you have to do all this bullshit on your computer to get a website up. Like yeah. my personal website, I have to like it's a static website and it's a fucking mess every time I start it up. Um, and I think. Moving to the browser the, and as competitive with Webflow in a different way, but because it stops developers from just doing that, almost like it removes a lot of the friction if you do know how to code. Um, honestly, Webflow, I'm I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Um, like, if Google is really smart, they'd acquire them and make it available in G Suite, but they're not very right. smart, so it's fine. Right, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Well, not very smart. And it's like. There's also like, would companies like Figma or Webflow actually want to be acquired by these large tech companies? Because there would have point, to be someone weird. Like, yeah, there, there's a point where, sure, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, any you could logically see buying Figma yeah. or Webflow, but it's like, do you, do you want to be a a product line in a, a giant billion dollar corporation? Yeah, it just depends on um, what their business looks like, I guess. Like, I'd be curious if they make... Yeah, I guess there's a big opportunity here because Squarespace obviously can make shit tons of money. So it's not like there's no market. Webflow is the death of Squarespace. Yeah, for sure. It is. It's like the antithesis. You try Squarespace, it's terrible, and you end up at Webflow. I don't... Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think you're right. I think uh, they will uh, um, eat up a really big chunk Mm -hmm. of... But, like, they're still going to be, like, my mom. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I don't disagree. But, like, I think the people that Squarespace was losing already. Yeah. I think Webflow could make a few UI changes Mm -hmm. to show you those, like, pre-built modules. Yeah. Because they're in there. I found them yesterday, and I've been using Webflow for months. Right, right. That's the problem with them right now is the (laughs) complexity, yeah. It, it, that it sounds just, like Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You find out. Oh my god! It's like finding content to wear Phil for the first time. You're like, what? Yo, do you remember that feeling when like a friend of you also uses like Photoshop, yeah. and you're like watching them work for a little bit, and they do something really smart, and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Or what? they do something really dumb, yeah, and you're the person that's like, what about this? And then you yeah. like the look on their face is like. What I've did been, you just I've do been there? using the uh, the clone tool for ten years, and I didn't have to. Yeah. So there was this uh, um, motion designer at Square named Sali, and Sali, uh, he was showing me how to make GIFs in Photoshop. Right. 
and it was like watching a wizard. I was yeah. like, wait, I've never seen that fucking whole window in Photoshop yeah, before. How did you do one. that? I remember a designer that I was working with used the perspective tool or something. I was like, whoa, it's like this crazy, <laughs> like, like matrix map thing. I'm like, okay. But Photoshop, but the best example, cool it's like, though. it is a city. There's this article that was like, Photoshop is a city. And it is. It's yeah. like a city is different for everybody. I was like, oh my God. Um, I think they need to work on the branding of the iPad products. Yeah. Because, oh my God. Like, the icon is round when it's got an iPad. I don't, know. Like, I don't, I don't mean that. I mean the like, <laughs> so they, when they first started, it was like illustrator draw was like the iPad app. So it's like, it's is illustrator adjacent, but it's just a piece of it. It's a yeah. block in that city. Mm-hmm. So, and like Photoshop for iPad similar. It's like, it does a bunch of shit that Photoshop for desktop can do, but it's not yeah. the same thing. And I think that's okay, <laughs> but it's like a branding opportunity to like, it is, communicate. It is. like this is a neighborhood in the city. That's the most it, Adobe problem yeah. of all time. Like Microsoft has the same problem with names. <laughs> it's just but, terrible. Okay. Something interesting happened. Like a friend of mine, he asked me recently for a sister who's like trying to get into illustration, like what kind of software should she get? Oh, interesting. And um, they were wondering if they could also use something like Affinity Designer, right? Mm. And for some reason, I don't really look at Affinity Designer and go, yeah, yeah, that's great. But I, I don't have a clue actually. So because I never mm-hmm. dove in because I'm my brain is so wired to Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is also why I'm always so angry at, at, <laughs> at, at, at Adobe. <laughs> When they change something that is just ingrained in my brain, like yeah, that yeah. F- feels like a very my big favorite you. example is that save dialogue, the save for web dialogue. Like they insist that you use the new terrible one, and I, I yeah. always go to the legacy one. I bet somebody's yes, looking everyone. at the data. Everyone. Somebody's looking at the data, and they're like, "Why is nobody using it? We'll move it. We'll bury it. We'll find, put somewhere else. I will find that button if they leave it in there, and I will use it because I don't like the new thing." But the point I was going to make was actually interesting because they were also like and what about for ipad Mm. um because affinity designer on ipad is actually really good Mm -hmm. um i don't use it that much because it has a focus on vector and i personally hate doing vector on an ipad because i just want the precision of a mouse as i've said like 300 million times um (laughs) but when like to me the adobe apps on computer are something that i can rely on you know like they feel reliable even though everyone kind of hates them because there's definitely problems with them. We know about the problems and we know yeah. what to expect. So I, yeah. I can kind of calculate them in, in a way. And I feel but like then the, the Adobe... <laughs> like it's like, oh, I've got all this power, even if it is like... Yeah, crap. exactly. <laughs> if I need to do something else, I can also do it. It's yeah. kind of cool. But then the Adobe apps on, on iPad, in my head, just have like a really bad rep. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And I, I, th- I do know what it is. It is because... They have never actually launched a full-fledged hmm. uh, iPad app. They, they only keep did saying like... they will. <laughs> well, they yeah, did and they with... will. What was the drawing one? That's just from F. Yeah, so they did. Um, and it was called Gemini first, and then they Fresco. Fresco. Gemini. Oy, oy, oy. Um, but um, that was like a working title. I don't know. Right, right. Um, but they uh, they called it Fresco in the end. Um, I didn't use it much because, I mean, the cool thing about it is that you can use all your Adobe Photoshop brushes in there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just I just prefer Procreate, I think. I've just like carved out my little corner there and like it, it would be really hard to move me there. But even Fresco is just like, it's basically just the brushes part of Photoshop. So it's again, 
just a tiny block of the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to them seeing actually launching like mm-hmm. uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. I know that there's already a version of Photoshop on the iPad, I think, but I haven't really div- dove yeah, I in. Like, in. like um, I said, it's it's a block of like Photoshop for desktop. It does a ton of cool photo manipulating stuff. Mm-hmm. But as you know, you can use Photoshop for a lot of things, not just <laughs> photos. Exactly. I, rarely retouch photos in photoshop i just use lightroom for web like yeah exactly like i use for web even gifts now because silly taught me how to so yeah like the ipad version of photoshop can't do like animation Mm -hmm. yet i don't think and it's like yeah i don't know that's that's gonna be forever their curse is they can't make focused apps because people want them to do a certain thing but they can't yeah they can't make slices of it without confusing people that's what the I said. Thing is, it's a brand yeah. thing. Go ahead, Fred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, like, I think the cycle that almost every company or every tech company goes through is bundling and unbundling stuff. <laughs> You're so right. Remember when Facebook Messenger was in the main app? <laughs> right. And then when, like, I feel like there, like, the trend is like fat heels and skinny heels. Like, yeah. we're gonna bundle uh, everything, and then we're gonna unbundle everything, then we're gonna bundle everything again. Yeah. Like it's gonna be an endless cycle of that stuff. Uh, but um here in with Adobe it's kind of more complicated because you could say that Photoshop for a computer for desktop is basically a bundle of things. It is, yeah. And it would never be able to do all of those things in one app on a photo on an iPad. That's just mm. not gonna happen. Like the, the iPad is like a powerful computer, basically, but it, not that powerful. It's also twenty and years will, of development. Like it's just you know exactly. It's a pile of a pile of a pile of a pile of shit, basically. Um, don't be sure to acquire Webflow. As I was gonna <laughs> say that. Whoa, that would be sick. They should like honestly, like that's my take. Like if they Adobe should give them any amount of money, right? Like yeah. like Webflow would sell. It depends on yeah. the number. Like, I don't think that anybody would not sell for $50 billion. You, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, I think there's always a number. I think we've talked yeah. about this before with Figma, Zach. It's like, everybody has a number in their head. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think at least when I was there, the CEO would not have sold for less than a billion, even though at the time yeah. it company wasn't worth that. Now it's worth $2 billion, Imagine. So like, that's the thing i would also preclude my comment about adobe with this i think that they are smart enough to know if they started making giant splashy acquisitions that they would look anti-competitive and that's why they're not like i think that they already bought it they could have bought sketch or figma or envision instead they developed xd themselves Mm -hmm. and you know what at at first i thought it was kind of silly but now xd is that's really fun good and it's yeah. like if i were starting today a new company or out as a designer mm-hmm. i might choose xd as my yeah primary. for sure and that's the other thing here is like uh acquiring a company is no easy feat like it's no guarantee that it will actually even work like acquiring a company like figma might just implode once they're right. internal like this happens repeatedly with these acquisitions it just right. doesn't just, pan out <laughs> but like oh sorry okay. um the XD thing is funny though. Maybe they are. They've been like, if they chose like the uh, the turtle and the if you yeah the, the turtle and the hair yeah. thing, yeah. they yeah, were yeah. like the turtle, yeah. which is funny because I remember vividly when they come out uh, at the agency that I worked at. Then this is yeah. years ago. Uh, they sent a guy from Adobe to tell us about Ado- about XD, and we oh, were all God. just like, 
um, this looks kind of like sketch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you think? <laughs> Honestly, it's it's funny that you say that because the thing that's happening right now is that here in Toronto, I went to a conference, which feels like a million years ago, going to a thing with humans. Anyway, um, and both Figma and Sketch were there. And Sketch was like trying to convince people why it was as good as Figma. Like that was their whole pitch. And it was really <laughs> interesting. We'll yeah. see how this plays out. But ugh. Whoa, that is lame. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, <laughs> really nice. If you're like, for instance, interested in a girl or something, but yeah, they're yeah. interested in someone else and you'll be like, I'm as good as the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're they're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you should also date me. <laughs> it's just the it's, weirdest thing. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. what Sketch has to do is make it free. Like, like that would be the, the thing here is that they have to do to be competitive is stop making you have to buy a license to use it and find a better I, way to do it. I don't think that's what Sketch needs to do. Sketch needs to do like Web. literally something that differentiates them yeah. because now there's such feature parity across all of the design tools. Yeah. Well, and no. it's like, why would I switch to sketch from something else? And they but have Zach, to be installed. Zach, they have all kinds of unique selling points. Like they're only available for, for Apple <laughs> and not for Windows. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons I've, I've liked Webflow. Obviously I'm into Figma a lot cause I worked there, but I, I don't think I will ever go back to picking a new software that's not web-based or cross-platform mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah, I'm like, always looking for that too. Yes, I use Adobe software. Yes, I wish it was all web-based. No, it's not. But <laughs> if today I didn't have an Adobe account, you wouldn't see me start one tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. Like exactly. Anyway. Yeah. All anyway. Right. Good times. Oh, what I was going to say is maybe they won't buy webflow they'll just bring dreamweaver back Oof. oh no <laughs> i mean honestly like the code spaces thing has a real spicy way to wrap this up it is still really hard to make a website for no good reason right <laughs> like it's so ridiculous and the fact that there's no i mean it's very telling that apple restricts it too hard but there's not even like a webflow for ipad like thing like that, like the, not Webflow specifically, but just some competitor where you can make a website on an iPad is just crazy. I hate to say it, but Adobe Spark. Ooh, mama. Don't know what it is, but I'm assuming it does that. Yeah, it's like a website builder. Huh. It's yeah, Dreamweaver. Like launch little web pages. Oh, interesting. Or, I mean, like their audience is like non-technical, like influencers. Do you know what's what I'm coming to realize is I can't be bothered making websites and half the time I just use Notion set to public. <laughs> yeah. Like I made a Chrome extension um, and I needed a bunch of pages, like a frequently asked questions and whatever. And I <laughs> just made a Notion. Yeah. I, I have had like updating my website on my to-do list for forever. I haven't yeah. even logged into Cargo in like more than a year. I Which have a friend who, who made their website in Notion and figured out how to hack their domain name onto it. And I'm like, you're a genius. Because like, if it was that easy to edit, I'd probably keep it up to date. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I actually quite like um, um, Cargo for how easy it is to edit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't really feel motivation to actually do it. Yeah, that's fair. Especially now. But, um, so, Zach, would you say jump onto the uh the webflow train it's hard to say so like to be completely honest like the reason i wanted to invest in it is like you said it's hard to commit to learning something just for your personal portfolio yeah yeah the reason is is like i want to add it as a service for my business like we make presentations for startups and most seed stage startups are also looking for a rebrand and a website 
And if we yeah, exactly. package, we'll do your pitch deck, your website, mm-hmm. and a rebrand. So they yeah, can all good. together and they're all in-house. And we can save, you can save $4,000 by buying all of those from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to do it. I wanted to bundle more services. So <laughs> You're also bundling, unbundling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's, <laughs> hey, you know what? We're doing a pitch deck, but like we can build yourself, we can build you a Webflow website. You can pay us like a retainer fee and we'll keep it updated or we can just hand it over to you. Here's Webflow. You can learn it yourself. I don't have to like worry about like moving their hosting or whatever. Like I don't have to send them a fucking folder of HTML and CSS and JavaScript files. Like I don't know. Uh, That's what Owen was saying of like, it's still so hard to make a website. Like I wouldn't know how to hand over a website that I coded to somebody else. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you look, I can transfer it to your Webflow account. Webflow makes that really easy. And then it's done. Right. And I can sell that to people. And so that's why I committed to learning is it's like, okay, I'll move my websites to it. I'll learn how to use it. And then I can sell it the way that when I was in college, I used to sell Squarespace sites. I would just. Yeah, but it feels more professional than Squarespace in a way, too. Yeah. Also, because you can do way m- much more with it. Yeah. And then, Tech like. weird. Yeah. Anyway. Browsers, so. Browsers. I don't know if I should be like, you should learn Webflow. Because if you're again going to build a website, two websites, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's not worth it. True. Maybe maybe you should see if it's like within your ability to not have to learn a ton to do it. Because yeah. it's not like it's an Adobe software where it's super unintuitive. It's not like learning from yeah. Pro. It's mm-hmm. just a little bit more complex than Cargo. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyway. Good times. Well, next week I'll have a hot take about the Surface Book. I can, I can tell you then. But it also have been Microsoft Build next week, so watch out for that. Um, and we'll be in Discord. Are you going to attend it, Owen? Uh, remotely, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is fully remote now. Um, Everything is fully remote. Yeah, or... like, but it's really impressive how well they've done it. Like, this, you still register, and they send you like a goodie bag in well, the mail. That's really smart. And you get a lanyard and everything. And like, there's all these like things. Um, so I'm going to watch at least the keynote. They I think already made those, you know? Yeah. I think it'll be a really <laughs> interesting year. Yeah. True. Um, from the perspective <laughs> of uh, the Windows 10X thing, I think it's worth watching just for that alone. Um, and remember, Windows 10X was for dual screen devices and they've now made it for single screen. So it's going to be interesting. Um, okay. Speaking of build next week, uh, Freddie and I were talking in pre-show about like just upcoming hardware rumors. It's like we got a new mm. Apple Watch coming out. Yeah. We got a Pixel 4A apparently. We've Can I? Got... Oh, oh I, I need to say one thing about upcoming hardware. Um, the most disappointing thing is being excited about some new hardware during a pandemic because um, Pixel Buds came out last week. They were available on the Canadian store, but it was a bug. Uh, and they only released them in America. So a bunch of people I know in Canada pre-ordered, like bought them, and then they canceled all the orders like a week later because uh, oh, they they don't have enough stock. And so hardware releases during a <laughs> pandemic super blow because it's like they can't... The Pixel Buds 2 in America don't ship for two months now. So wow, anyway, sorry. It's just really interesting. Like Apple can probably pull this off because they own all of the supply chain, but any other company doing it, and even Apple is struggling. Like you look at the keyboard thing; it was the weirdest launch of all time. Like, yeah, that was weird. I <laughs> get it in two months. But also, in a way, people like that I saw that got it were extremely oh, it, excited. It worked. People were captive audience. Getting a keyboard is the most exciting shit that happened to you in a whole month. Like, <laughs> 
you know, I, I thought you were going to go a different direction with that, Owen. What? Because getting the pixel butts during a pandemic is like, yeah, yeah where, where are you going with them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's a good point, too. Wireless headphones if you're going to sit at your desk all day. I don't need them. I've just been so, waiting for them for a long time. <laughs> it's like, here's great headphones to go for a run and then to the office and your commute. Yeah. All the and do you like translation? I was like, of what? <laughs> yeah, I don't see any people. So. Yeah, what people? You just um, I mean, I still use my AirPods mm-hmm. for lit a lot. I mean, just good for doing go chores. For walks and then they're nice, but yeah. and good for chores and. Anyway. But yeah, for, for sure. Like, there's so many things that just don't make sense anymore. Yeah, it's just the like same all with the, all the marketing for the like Surface Go and stuff. It's like the Surface thing goes everywhere with you. I'm like I, everywhere, yeah. nowhere. Yeah, and and all the travel apps on my phone uh, that yeah. are just like collecting dust. Yeah, rip. Rip. all right anyway Join i think we did a really good we did we did a really good job not talking about stuff stupid stupid pandemic yeah pretty good we do our best so next um, week build join us in discord to talk about it just discord uh send us a voice message show notes will be up because i finally caught up again so please they? yeah they, they will be, be they're gonna be up they're gonna be up i mean i'm pretty good at it i <laughs> published a okay. hundred episodes we- in a day <laughs> Because I was really bored. You published oh, them. No, I'm just well, I put them. Oh, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I put Ooh. them on the website. Okay. Well, send us a voice memo. We'd like to hear from you. Tweet at us. Yell at us. We're just sitting at home. T- yeah. Come Captive, hang out with us. Captive audience. Yeah. All right. Uh, bye, Biscuits. Bye, Biscuits. Bye.